my heart was filled with rain. Skyro Knights. Jonathan Weir and for Spike O'Neill. Happy Friday, everybody. How you doing? Joining me for one last hour. Boom! I built up the anticipation on that one. Uh, So we're going to do a list of songs about the sun, because yesterday we talked about how Seattle apparently prides itself on being one of the most depressed cities in the country. Um... We we want to cheer people up a little bit. Songs about the sun. Something that you'll see around June in Seattle. So it'll come peeking out. It'll it'll come out. I do want to, real quick, though, I, I want to talk about something a little bit serious. I, I keep seeing news reports about Joe Biden. Uh, President Biden had basal cell carcinoma removed from his chest. And um, I've seen a lot of people be like, why are we just finding out about this now? Why are we? Why weren't we informed about this? What did it, first of all, you don't need to know everything about the president of the United States as it is happening. That's a little weird. Second of all, it's basal cell carcinoma, which granted kills about two thousand people a year in the United States, but is also one of the most treatable, slowest growing cancers. And if you look up the survival rate over five years, it's almost one hundred percent. It's like 99.8. So it's, I also have to say this. The dude's 80 years old. You can expect that he has a lot of things. You can expect that there's probably a lot going on with Joe Biden. You know, he might have lumbago. That's a disease that I remember from the game Red Dead Redemption 2. And I think it's something Cowboys had. You can expect that uh, he probably at some point might contract scarlet fever. You just never know. He's 80 years old. That's how things happen. You get a certain age and anything is possible. Basal cell carcinoma is not bad enough that we have to be on national, like high alert. Oh, my God. What's going on with the president? Just saying. All right. uh, Let's do this. It is a list of songs about the sun because y'all need to cheer up so i'm gonna get my picks we're gonna go back and forth i have picks matt has picks and then once we get all of our picks together we're gonna vote on which one is the best so matt why don't you start off with uh my first pick that's right it's blister in the sun Violent Femmes off the album Violent Femmes, which may be the best debut album by any band ever. And they proved that by not having any good albums after this one. Uh, And I love the Violent Femmes. But you have to be pretty choosy when you, you get to their albums after this one. By the way, I like doing this to people. If you like that song, you should know that you're uh, enjoying a song that is about a young man exploring his body. That is literally <laughs> what that song is about. He's about to pop, if you know what I mean. Uh, that's what he's about to pop like a blister in the sun. It's very well written, very uh, detailed and descriptive, and one of the greatest songs of all time. But anytime I hear that, 
at baseball games because that's kind of become a thing. Is and everybody claps. You guys know what you're clapping for, right? <laughs> it's a little, it's a little gross. Anyway, that is number one. Uh, let's get Matt's first pick. You know, I actually made a challenge for myself to do this without any Beatles songs. And it's tough. Because <laughs> they had a lot of really... I think just Paul... No, no, John had Sun King. John had Sun King. But I think Paul... Oh, and of course, George has... Never mind. I, I, I probably am spoiling a pick. But Paul had a lot of songs about the sun. It just shows who the Beatles were. They were just so peppy and upbeat and happy. How just can you not feel good hearing that song? Loving some vitamin D. That's that's what those boys from Liverpool. That's all they needed. That's all they needed. That was a, that's an um, abnormally peppy peppy song for a British band. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny going back to our discussion yesterday about Seattle. Do you think Liverpool is any sunnier or brighter I've than Seattle? It's, it's not. not. It's not. And yet Seattle's like, oh, we're dreary. We're so depressed. Like guys, I I don't get it. I don't. Go to England. They have a reason to be depressed. Looking around, everybody's English. All right, uh, let's go to my next pick. For yes, this is the song. The sun is a massive incandescent gas. By they might be giants. One of my favorite bands of all time that everybody knows one song by. Maybe two if you're a fan of Malcolm in the Middle, but usually you only know uh, Istanbul, Constantinople, which isn't even an original song by them. It was by, done by like some folk band in the 50s. Uh, but they also did the theme to Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, life is unfair. It's a great song. Uh, I, I love, I love. They might be giants, and I love that song. I learned a lot. Learned a lot from that song growing up. Helped me pass a lot of tests in uh, science class. So there you go. Uh, sun is a mass of incandescent gas. It's number three. Let's go to number four. That's Matt's pick. Kinks. Sunny afternoon. Um, there was like a theme. The Beatles had this with Taxman, where everybody was just complaining about having to pay their taxes. <laughs> Wasn't that at the and, time where the top end tax rate in Britain was like ninety percent? Ninety percent. Certain threshold. It, it was. Yeah, but like people misunderstand that. That doesn't mean that you lose ninety percent of your money. Right. It means that anything you make after a certain point, ninety percent of that goes away. And I get it. You know, you don't you don't want to lose all your money to taxes and everything. But like, shut up. 
<laughs> like most of us would be happy just to get near making that amount of money. And God forbid, we put up with a bunch of a bunch of rich rock stars whining about having to pay taxes, and we we're like, "This is a jam. This is a good song." <laughs> Taxman's one of the about- greatest riffs ever. Oh my God! It's it's you know that's Paul playing that riff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can tell when 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 Paul was uh Paul was easily the best musician in that band. Uh, at everything. Like he's the best drummer, best bass player obviously and best uh guitar player. All right. Uh that was number 4. Let's go to number 5. That's mine. For best songs about the sun. That's what we're doing right now. Taking it. Taking it down a little bit. Not exactly the peppiest song. But how do you do a song or a list about uh, songs about the sun in Seattle and not have this on there? I don't know. That is Black Hole Sun, of course, by Soundgarden. Otherwise known as the one song by Soundgarden. That your girlfriend knew. <laughs> it was that was it. Like, oh yeah, it was a creepy video. Yep, yep. That's that's that one. That's that one. Oh, and Spoonman, that's a good song. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Never was. And I know the Spoonman was a real person and everything, and I'm sure many of you probably knew the Spoonman. I don't care. It's a terrible song. All right, next one, Matt, your pick. Wonder. Classic. Yeah. It's it's a funny career tra- trajectory with Stevie Wonder because he went from like this really cool pop songwriter with like Talking Book and uh, Songs in the Key of Life in the 70s and then just became the biggest dork in the 80s. As eviscerated in the film High Fidelity. Yes, but, but I don't because he had that song. Look. That's a great song, and I'm not arguing that it's not a great song. But let's not pretend like that's like some cool like anti-establishment song. That's that's not superstition. That's that's just a he could have written that song in the '80s, and we'd be call him a, a, a him a dork. But he does it in the '70s, and we're like, oh yeah, that's a cool Stevie Wonder song. I could listen to that and not feel ashamed. It's interesting why what that becomes is. cool and hip in retrospect versus what a- does not age well at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, I got, I think, one. no, I got two more. Oh, okay, uh, play my next one. Ain't no sunshine when yeah. she's gone. This was yeah, also on my list. list. It's is not it? warm yeah. when she's away. Boom, boom. Boom. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, and she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. I have a theory that this song will pop Wonder up in your life at the worst moments. 
Because it has for me anyway. One time I was picking up the ashes of a cat that I had who had died. Get in the car. This song's playing. Oh, wow. I dropped my my girlfriend, uh, now my wife, I dropped her off at college. Get in the car. The song is, it's in the, I know, I know, I know, I know part. I'm like, yep, I know, I know, Bill. I know. Thank you for haunting me. <laughs> so uh, underrated. I read that he le- he led the. I read a feature on Bill Withers where he kind of ended up in this kind of really humble, nondescript kind of life where nobody thought about him after that. But that was a really good album, just as I am. He was very talented. Yeah, I mean, he was he was amazing. I mean, it, he ev- people know his songs, but I don't know that they know him. You know. Yeah, like, he never you don't really have to, chased the big fame. He just no his life. Uh, but it, it just the two of us, lovely day, ain't no sunshine. I mean, he did lean on me. Uh, you don't have to be like like grandma's hands or something like that to like Bill Withers, but everybody knows songs by him, and you're right, very underrated. Also, right, grandma's what's your hand was the hands was the sample for No Diggity by Blackstreet. Oh my God, it was. Wow. So everybody knows uh, I'm, that I'm, sample. You you play the next song while I pick up the pieces of my brain that you just blew across the room. There it is. I cheated. Double there Beatles. It is. Yeah, who cares? I ain't, I ain't going to complain about it. really had his no pun intended time in the sun there on abbey road right yeah because he had something he had this and it was just he tried so hard to get his songs on the and they were just like you're not as good as this oh yeah yeah taxman was okay but that's it like you go back to playing your sitar george and then he comes in with here comes the sun Hell, Abby wrote, even Ringo had Octopus's Garden. Just so good. Just so good. Um, though I, I love, uh, I, I always love hearing songwriters talk about the genesis of a song. Because it's either like the weirdest, kookiest story ever. Like Paul McCartney woke up with the the melody for Yesterday in his head. And he when he wrote the lyrics, it was like scrambled eggs. Oh my baby, how I love your legs! Uh, that's literally. He was like, and it, it it just was all fully formed in my head. The song was done. I didn't have to do anything, and I I I thought I was ripping somebody off, and I would play it for people, and they'd be like, "No, that's an original song, and it's really great. You should definitely record that." But like the genesis for "Here Comes the Sun" was like George looked over the horizon, and the sun was coming up. Like that's literally the story. <laughs> so what inspired that? Well, I saw the sun. And I decided to comment on that. Song That's explanations are either very abstract or very simplistic. There's not really a lot yeah, of middle like, ground. There's, <laughs> it's always so lame. Like, Maxwell Silverhammer, well, I really wanted to bludgeon people to death. I mean, I just <laughs> have a lot of bloodlust going on in my system. Oh, boy, the 60s weren't kind to me. Um, all right, do we have one last one? Yes, we do. 
Okay, let's do that. Speaking of high there fidelity. There we go. Yeah. It's true. My special Monday morning tape. Special. <laughs> I don't know why. I always think of Fry from Futurama because this is his favorite song on the show. It came up a lot. I always think of Jack Black. It won't go any louder! All right, we're, we're kind of out of time for the voting on this, uh, so I'm not going to pare everything down and like uh, vote off. So here's what I'm going to do. Um... Which which is the better song? Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, or here comes the sun. Ooh, ain't no sunshine. Ain't no sunshine is your winner for best song about the sun. Also, the most depressing song about the sun. Of course, that's why I voted for it. Yeah, it, because that's what you need in Seattle. You need more songs that are about the sun that don't cheer you up, that actually suck the vitamin D out of your body and but- throw it into space. But we'll never be able to get it back. Sometimes, though, the best way to feel better is to feel heard. And a great song makes you feel like somebody else knows what you're going through. And that alone can make you feel better. I agree with that. And, you know, I, I've it's funny. I'm going to get deep here for a second. All right. You ready for this? I spent a lot of my life avoiding emotions and trying not to feel sad. And the weirdest thing happened when I allowed myself to feel sad when I allowed myself to like cry over things and, and like actually get upset and stop, stop stifling myself. Suddenly I would feel better after a cathartic release. The, the endorphins that you get after just letting yourself go, just make up for all of the bad feelings that you just had. And I learned that from the freaking movie inside out which is a Pixar movie that I didn't see until like eight years ago. And I went, ah, they make some good points in this movie. Maybe I should, you know, allow myself to feel things and not keep everything inside. So you have that movie to blame for my raving and ranting. We're going to do a news wheel coming up on Kyra Nights. Just some random dumb stories that I think were entertaining. Jonathan Weir in for Spike O'Neill. is I'm literally just going to throw out random stories that I haven't even read yet. And we'll try to get this through this together, okay? First story. What are the weirdest laws in all 50 states? Uh, this is something that Fox News posted uh, on their website. It's a list of the weirdest laws in every state, the strangest ones that you'll find. And uh, I'm looking over these real quick. None of these seem that weird. Actually, a lot of these seem 
to be common sense. In Indiana, there is no catching a fish with your bare hands and no dynamite either. So they don't want people to blow their hands off or get their hands shredded by fish in Indiana. They take pride in their hands in Indiana. They actually almost called it Indihanda, but they thought that sounded stupid. Uh, in Kansas, kids over 14 can't use playgrounds. Again, I'm fine with that. That's just common sense. Uh, I don't know if you have children, but if you've ever gone to a playground with your children and there's those kids going through puberty there, they are a menace and they should not be on playgrounds. Now, I used to actually live in Kansas and I didn't know that this was a law or I would have been calling the cops every day. That's right, you little pukes. You're not allowed to be here harassing my kid who just wants to be on the swings. I still remember. Uh, In Maine, there's no gambling at the airport. Well, that just makes sense. Gamble at the airport, you make a bet for thousands and thousands of dollars, then you just hop your happy butt onto a plane, and then you don't have to pay back. And now the guy's hunting you. And you're trying to get away. And you never can. Um, let's see. Any of these other ones? I'm just looking for ones that are actually weird. Uh, in Nebraska, te- technically, in Nebraska, you can't get married if you have an STD. How is that weird, Fox News? That just makes sense. It is weird that you, I guess you have to get tested before you can get married, but good. You don't want your honeymoon to be, well, I guess your honeymoon wouldn't be ruined, but uh, when you come home and everything's itchy, that's ruined. Um... Let's see. In Virginia, no hunting within 200 yards of a church, but only on Sundays. Okay, that's a little weird. I think there should be no hunting within 200 yards of a church every day because I don't know about you, but if I'm at church, I don't like to be uh, thankful that I was on the pew when the gunshots came through the, the glass. So it just missed my head. Uh, in Washington, hey, that's you guys. Shoe stores can't use x-ray machines to find a shoe that fits. Yeah, I, I I don't want cancer in my feet just because I don't know what shoe size I am. I, again, all, none of these are, are that crazy or wacky. They all kind of make sense. Next one. The top cities that people say they would move to if money was no object. So people were asked in a poll, what would be your dream city? What city would you love to move to if money didn't matter? And the number one city, guys, you're going to be shocked to hear this, but the number one city was Seattle. I'm just kidding. It was Los Angeles. Sorry. Seattle's not even on there. Uh, Atlanta was second to Los Angeles, followed by Austin, Texas. So I guess people just like warmer areas. Then it's a five-way tie between Las Vegas, Miami, New York, Boston, and Dallas. Okay, I can tell you, having lived in Boston, that there is no amount of money that is the correct amount to live here. You're either you're either poor or you're rich. There's no in-between. So if money is no object, you better be rich here. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to get into I'm not going to get into 
the problems that people have financially in Boston because you guys have enough of that in Seattle, I know, with the housing problems. But guess what? It's not just specific to Seattle. We got them here, too. Ah, moving on to the next one. I'm already mad about that story. Boston! Maybe because you like history? I, I don't even know. You just like donkeys on every corner? All right, next story. America's least favorite months of the year are over. All right, that's good news since it's March now. Um, when you go outside, maybe not in Seattle or maybe not where I'm at, but spring might feel like it's in the air. Um, or maybe it's just the stench of our two least favorite months of the year fading away. Apparently, the least favorite months of the year are back-to-back January and February. November also doesn't get much love. December just gets some love because of Christmas I, I and probably New Year's Eve, which is funny because January gets no love for New Year's because New Year's Day is just hangover day. Nobody really enjoys New Year's Day. We all enjoy New Year's Eve a little bit too much. Um, December apparently is loved, but it can be divisive because some people don't like holidays. And April apparently, is our favorite month of the year. So the rainiest month of the year is our favorite. I don't really I don't really understand that. I like I like May. I'm a May guy. I know I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be like shock jockey. I I know you're like, oh it's like I'm listening to Howard Stern talking about this stuff. Jeez. But I'm just telling you right now, I personally prefer May over April. Because it's not as rainy and it's warm, but not too warm. You know what I mean? It's nice. Yeah. Let's move off of this because who cares? Last story in the news wheel. It's this. Merriam-Webster asked people to name the best words that can't be translated into English. Matt, do you speak any other languages besides English? Unfortunately, no. No, that's, not, that's did, what did you take in high school? Weak spots, Spanish, but I don't remember most of it. See, I took German, and I love German because everything is so on the nose in German. Like everything is just the the on on the nose, perfectly described what it is. Like a a a, um, a hospital in German is Krankenhaus. That just means sick house. Uh, an ambulance, Krankenwagen. Meaning, it's a sick wagon. It's a sick car. You're, you're, uh, kindergarten. We all know that word, right? Just means a uh, children place, more the, or less. The challenge that I have, and please, no offense to anyone who speaks German who happens to be listening, but German and also Russian are languages that can sound very harsh, even if you're saying the most innocuous things. Oh, that's true. That's true. Like uh, the German word for... Well, the French word for butterfly is papillon. Papillon. Oh, papillon. Right? Uh, in German, it's... Das Fleischruller! It's just... <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. I... I it, it, like, every... I, I wonder if, like, dirty talk in German is more or less effective. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say any of it here. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, it, it has a lot of hard consonants in it. And and depending on the person you're with, that might work. Yeah, or it might say. be a huge turnoff. 
Yeah, depending on your uh, flavor of choice, that might yeah. go over rather well. Okay, so uh, words that translate or that do not translate into English that uh, are the best words. There's sobra mesa, which is Spanish for that chill time around the table after dinner when you're just chatting and hanging out. Sobra mesa. There's also uh, sundoku, which is a Japanese word for when you buy a lot of books and let them pile up but don't actually read them. I call it just being illiterate. I and call that posing for the gram. A lot of people want to put yeah. their big library pictures up. They haven't read half those books. And then finally, there's keyleg, which is a Filipino word for a rush of joy you feel after seeing or experiencing something romantic. You get a bit of keyleg. All right, we're going to do uh, some agree-disagree to finish off the night. It's coming up. Kyra Knight's Jonathan Weir in for Spike O'Neill. Stick around. I had no idea that this was the original version. I'd only heard the Chili Peppers version played by bass techs at concerts forever. And I gotta say, for the Stevie Wonder version. Happy Friday, everybody! Cairo Knights, Jonathan, we're in for Spike O'Neill for one last segment. We're going to do a little thing called Agree, Disagree, where I'm going to throw random thoughts out, and uh, we'll just see whether they make sense or not, whether we agree or disagree. Here's the first one. 99% of what your body does, it does itself. Your body actually trusts you with very little. I, I agree with that. And uh, it is a good reason why your body trusts you with very little. It's because you're an idiot. Like, the things that you have the most control over are your thoughts. And I don't know about you, but lately I don't feel very in control of those things. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Yeah. They're just firing constantly and randomly. (laughs) I, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, the body is right to do that. And that's kind of freeing when you think about it. Like, yeah, if you're going to die, that's kind of up, your, up to your body and uh, you don't have any control over it. So you should just just let go. Just release. Don't it's worry about it. It's kind of nice to go through life realizing that there is maybe more resilience subconsciously than you thought and that you don't have to do everything. Because nowadays, I think it feels like we all have to do everything all the time. It's nice to yeah, be able to let yeah. that go have to apply hustle culture to your body now. Like, I don't know if my pancreas is up to snuff. I need to, to get more insulin production out of that guy. Uh, that's how I actually felt when the last time I went in for a physical and I saw the results. I was like, ah, what's going on with my bilirubin? What's that all about? And they're like, it's a little elevated, but you're fine. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't think so. It's not perfect. Uh, all right, next one. Agree or disagree? In Monopoly, if no one ever buys a property, everyone gets richer and no one loses. Yeah, that's not Monopoly. That's called communism. <laughs> that's that's a different game. You do know that historically, uh, though, the origin story of Monopoly, right? It blows some people. Yeah, minds. it was uh, originally a game that was supposed to show the evils of capitalism. It was originally called Landlord, and um, it was very popular in the Great Depression. And then when that was over, America remembered that it it needs to worship rich people. 
And because uh, look at the Monopoly man. He's not exactly somebody who seems like he's a good guy. <laughs> he's always flying out of jail. Yeah, he's, he's, he's always getting out of jail but paying his way out. He's got a monocle and a top hat and a cane. <laughs> if you met that guy in real life, you'd be like, I'm pretty sure that guy just burned down an orphanage. Uh, I don't know. That guy cannot be up to any good. Uh, all right, next one. Agree or disagree? Movies based on video games are finally starting to get good. Oh, wait, no. I think we did this one before. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's a different one. Um, our two most standard ice cream flavors are beans. True. Yeah, it's vanilla and cocoa. Yeah. Never yeah. thought of You that. know what's weird is vanilla is considered like the most basic ratchet kind of flavor of ice cream. But vanilla beans are actually really hard to come by. It's actually a really exotic flavor. We just don't give it enough credit because it works with everything. But it's interesting because there's vanilla ice cream and then there's vanilla bean ice cream, which kind of tips your I don't your think I've ever had the difference. Artificial. There's a difference? Oh, yeah. Vanilla bean is kind of a more complex flavor as opposed to your mm. generic vanilla. So, yeah, there's a, there's a tangible difference. All right. Uh, last one. This is the last one. In relationships, sexual compatibility isn't nearly as important as road trip compatibility. Agree. Um, I, I I guess. I don't know if I'm taking road trips as much as I'm, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, some of us are more lucky than others. <laughs> well, I guess so. Though well, maybe you're combining the two. Why Why can't you have sexual quite uh, possibly, road trip compatibility? Especially if you own a Tesla. But yeah, that's right. I it do drives think, itself. Though, yeah, mm. I do think that being able to spend large amounts of time with someone in a confined space is a definite high value because no matter what else doesn't work, you need to be able to be in the space with that person. And a road trip is a really good test, even from a friendship level, of how well you can get along in sometimes stressful circumstances and subjecting other people to your musical taste. That's that that is actually true. Is uh I can honestly say if if my wife didn't have decent taste in music, I don't I can't I whew, if it was like I don't know, I really like Savage Garden. Can we go to their concert? No, no, honey. No, we can't. That's not happening. But when I met her, she was into cake, wallflowers, and the violent femme. So I was nice. like, you know what? I think this is going to work out. I think this is good for me. It bodes and, well. uh, yeah, great on a road trip because she just doesn't talk, <laughs> which is something I actually like because it just gives me time to just rant and rave and complain about traffic and talk about the band and the song that we're listening to. And so you stuff. like doing your show when you're off air, too. I'm never off. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I just nice. I can't shut it off. It's it's an anxiety issue. There is All right. no it was a blast. Genius switch. <laughs> I don't know if genius is the right word. Maybe neurotic. All right, uh, it was great filling in for Spike. Uh, obviously, he'll be back. I'm gone. Uh, Jonathan Weir. That was my name on Cairo Nights. Thanks, everybody. Bye.